welcome to week two of our series, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Hopefully you have enjoyed the first session and are ready for this next week. Listen, we are doing this study as a community group session for our church. And if you're listening and would like a copy of the fill in the blanks, you can send me an email and I'll send you some PDFs and you can follow along with us if you didn't happen to get those already. Um, so shoot me an email at j at mybethel.cc and I will send you the PDFs. So when I reference the blanks to fill in, you will know um, what needs to be filled in. So let's jump right in here with week number two. Let's think about this. How might our phones prevent us from interacting with the people around us? What are some ways that our phones prevent us from interacting with people? So right off the top of my head, we, uh, we can think about how we're distracted during conversations, looking down, maybe involved in a game or um, our, our, our posts or checking our feedback or comments on something and we, uh, we don't speak to the people around us. You know, as a dad, I think this is one of the things, if, if, I'm, if I'm not careful, um, I will finish working and come home and continue being buried in my technology and my kids are right there in front of me. They wanna hang out and I just don't even see or hear from them. What about, this one's interesting, how might technology cause us to ignore our own bodies? It might take a second to think about this. How, how can technology cause us to ignore our own bodies? One of the first things that popped into my mind, I don't know if, 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 if you have been like me and had you know, those nights where you've been playing a video game or even working on a project. I don't know what it is about getting in the zone. And I've done it both ways. I've done it with work and I've done it with, with playing video games with my brothers. Um, and and you, you get into this zone and you forget to eat you forget to drink, you forget to go to the restroom, you forget everything because that technology has, has just totally got your attention. No doubt about it. Well, I want us to think through this, okay? So keep that thought of how, how can technology cause us to ignore our own bodies and, and kind of carry that with us as we discuss um, the, the session tonight. So, so let's think about this and, and, and you probably are gonna hear some things that you've heard before, but we're, we're gonna get into it a little bit. Let's just jump in. So talking on the phone while driving, okay, makes you four times more likely to get into an accident. This is just talking on your phone at the same time as driving. This makes you four times more likely uh, to have a crash. Now check this out. Texting while driving makes you 23 times more likely to get in an accident. 23 times more likely to get in an accident if you're texting and driving. The average text takes about 4.6 seconds to send. So if we think about a car going 55 miles an hour and the average time it takes to send a text message, you could travel the length of a football field while you're sending that message. Texting and driving is so bad that 46 out of the 50 states have already outlawed texting and driving. So why do you think people still do it? Why do you think if we all know how bad it is, how dangerous it is, how silly it is, why do we still do it? How does this practice of texting or even just being on our phones while we're driving show a disregard for the people physically near us? Now this is where it's gonna get interesting because we're gonna bring in this, this idea. And, and when I first read through this, it just kind of blew my mind because I've never had this thought while I've been distracted on my phone driving my vehicle like, like what we're gonna discuss. 
The point for this session tonight is we ignore our own flesh and blood. So those first two blanks there are flesh and blood. We ignore our own flesh and blood. When we do these things, we ignore the people, physically people around us. So your next blank there, texting and driving. See, as we think about this, we've really got to kind of take a step back and, and look at this through a biblical perspective. So what laws and regulations don't stop? Okay, so, so let's say if you're in, in one of those states that texting and driving isn't illegal, Scripture can address many of those matters. Many of those gray areas in our lives boil down, and we have to look at them through the lens of one of two things. How do I love my neighbor, and how do I love God? And then from there, we determine whether or not we should be partaking in the activities that we're partaking in. So as we think about texting and driving, how do I love my neighbor, how do I love my God? Well, it's interesting because Jesus was asked, who is his neighbor? The, the, the people were, were being told a parable, and they said, well, who's my neighbor? And so he tells them a short story about a man traveling down the road, left for dead on the side of the road. Many of you have heard this story. We commonly call it the Good Samaritan. So, so it all started because the question was asked, who's my neighbor? Who are the people that I'm supposed to love around me? And, and Jesus tells us this parable. Now, obviously, this story takes place way before cars, way before cell phones and all those distractions. But the priest and Levite in this story were more concerned with remote people or tasks that they had to go do, and they were blinded by the immediate needs of the person on the road with them. The, the person physically there in front of them was ignored because of the other things they had on their mind, the remote tasks, the remote um, functions that had to be taken care of that they ignored the flesh and blood there in front of them. See, as we drive, our phones ping, and our brains get a shot of dopamine. And very often our decisions express our own neighbor negligence. We ignore our neighbors when we choose to reach for that phone and see who messaged and potentially send a message back. We assume that we can ignore the people we see in order to care, to care for the people we don't see. But that idea is backwards. See, we sin with our phones when we ignore our neighbors on the streets with us, the neighbors driving in the cars next to us, the neighbors walking in the crosswalks around us, those strangers who share the same road with us. When we ignore those people and pay attention to our phones, we're in sin. The next blanks here is anger and joy. There's, there's another aspect of this idea of um, ignoring our own flesh and blood. So, so let's think about anger. A second example of our divided existence is the anger and rage towards others when we're communicating. So, so this isn't necessarily texting and driving. This is just how we use our technology and how we can ignore the flesh and blood around us. We, we use words when we post that we would never ever say to a person's face. We use, we use phrases, we use words, we communicate in ways to people online that we would never, ever, ever say if we were having a conversation face-to-face. -face. When we start typing, our, our thumbs lack empathy. Without those living, breathing human bodies across the table from us, without somebody standing there speaking to us, engaging with us, we say and do things that we would never say. Here's your 12 ways tip, okay? So if, if you followed with us last session, we're gonna have a 12 ways tip for each one of these sessions, and, and here's the tip. Um, for this week. Before you respond to a message, before you respond to a, 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 an email, 
before you respond to, to your boss or a coworker, just wait. Wait. Maybe give the phone to, to a friend, your spouse. Let somebody else proofread your message for you. And give yourself some time before you send that message. Now, oftentimes, there are going to need to be some messages that have to be sent. But by waiting, we can filter out some of that anger. We can filter out some of that communication that we would never use if we were in person. So as we think about anger, it, it's, it's, it's really this. It's the viral emotion of separation. Okay, and then joy is on the flip side of that. Joy is the Christian emotion of fellowship or togetherness. 2 John chapter 2, verse 12 says, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face. Why? So that our joy may be complete. John here used the technology of the day. It was paper and ink. That's how he had to communicate. He would write letters and they would be sent. They would be opened and read. And that's, that's the way things worked. But he knew that his letter was only part of the communication. He knew that face-to-face fellowship had to follow. And you can find this same sentiment throughout Paul's letters as well. These guys who wrote these letters of, of just, just unbelievable importance, impactful things, were just a, a small part of communication. They all knew and they all understood that face-to-face was going to be better. Here's the thing. All writing that is remote, just like the ancient letters of the apostles or a modern text message, is going to limit our person-to-person interaction. There's going to be a limitation there. No matter how many emojis you add, no matter how many, how many smiley faces you, or, or exclamation marks or question marks, no matter how much you add in that written communication, there are limitations there because it's just not the best. The best way for us to communicate with the flesh and blood around us is in person. So the third thing for us to think about, the physical and the spiritual. See, we are finite flesh and blood living among finite flesh and blood. It's easy for us to over-prioritize the separated interactions of the online world and then undervalue the in-person community of the Christian faith. Now guys, listen, over the last couple years, we have been forced out of necessity to get better at our online communication. We've, we've had to do things remotely. Many of you are working jobs and, and you are, are doing things on Teams and Zoom that you would have never dreamed of being able to do before the pandemic hit. And, and for many of us, like it's necessary, and I get that. But I don't want us to forget, I don't want us to lose the understanding of how important face-to-face personal interaction is. You see, Jesus came in the flesh. He literally, physically came and walked on this earth. And one of the things he did was commanded us as believers to meet together, to take the Lord's Supper, to be baptized with water. It's really hard to be baptized on your phone. It's really hard to take the Lord's Supper on your phone. See, we find unity amid diversity and joy above other emotions when we come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have these moments of extreme joy and fellowship as we worship together, as we read scripture together, as as we we interact with each other face to face. 
because that is the way God intended for us to be together in person. Your physical and spiritual health requires in-person connections. This is so, so important for us. We cannot live a world separated from other people. We cannot ignore our own flesh and blood and ignore the flesh and blood around us. God did not design us that way. He designed us to connect in person and to see each other and interact with each other. So the change for tonight. Here it is. The Christian's challenge is to love, not in text or tweets or posts only, but also in deeds and physical presence. I want you to think about how you can love someone around you physically. How can you show love to someone in person this week? Take that challenge, make it yours. Hope you guys have a great, great night.